The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a place of absolute purity of heart. There is a place in Jesus for you that most of you have not even yet begun to imagine. And part of what I'm trying to do in this broadcast is, is call you to awake, to call you to awaken yourself before God and begin to seek after this deep place in Jesus. For if we don't go to that place, we will have no power over the devil, over sin. We will have no ability to to say no to the powers of darkness. It's essential in this wicked hour that we be awake that we not be lulled to sleep by false teachings saying that we can continue to walk in our sin and we're still safe before God nothing could be further from the truth there is a heart purity there is a there is a cleanness that God wants to give us in the spirit let me read this for you John, 1 John, the third chapter. I'll begin with verse 4. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning, that is, everyone who continues to walk in their sin, also continues to be lawless. Sin is lawlessness. Or sin is rebellion against God and refusing to consecrate my life entirely to Jesus. Verse 5, You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. And then later in this same chapter, he says, The Son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil in your life. Now verse 6, No one who abides in him, that is, no one who remains in Jesus, keeps on sinning no one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him little children let no one deceive you whoever practices unrighteousness is unrighteous whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil for the devil has been sinning from the beginning You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. This is Ray Greenley, pastor of the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. There must come a radical change. I'm calling you to that radical change. There must come an awakening of your soul that you must leave behind your sin. I got a phone call this morning from a dear brother. He said something that just astonished me. He said, I have 
I have a separation from my sin. A separation agreement from my sin. But he said, the problem is, I keep going back and reconciling with my sin. He said, there's only one answer. I need Jesus to give me a full writ of divorce. I need it to be over, completed. I'm finished. I'm done. I don't need a separation from sin. One dear man, he seems so righteous. But I know he's only in a separation from his sin. He's not yet divorced it. Divorce is when it's over. There is no reconciliation after divorce. It's finished. It's over. The divorce is final. A separation, you can always go back and you can reconcile. And you can move back in together. And you're married. But when there's a final writ of divorce by the judge, it cannot be reversed. If you want to be together again, you have to go get married all over again. The marriage is over when the writ of divorce is given. As I've been praying this morning for you, I'm hearing that many of you have agreed to a separation from your sins. And then you keep going back and reconciling and kissing your sin once more. You keep moving back in with your sin. There has to be a divorce. I'm going to share with you a story today about a man who finally was willing to get that divorce. Now, the reason I'm sharing this story with you is because he goes into much detail concerning how he finally made the decision for that divorce and what God did and how God used him. I'm very concerned today about you. My heart is desperately stirred to the point of tears and weeping for you. There must be an awakening. There must be men and women who are willing to lay their lives down for the gospel of holiness, for the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be proclaimed in this city with passion and with power, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This city must be confronted with a gospel that includes holiness, the forgiveness of sins, the wiping away of our guilt, and the destruction of all of that, how shall I describe it, pollution of our souls, that we could be holy before God. That's why I so plead with Jesus to open the FM dial, because that's where most people in this city are listening they're not listening to AM. They're going to that FM dial, and they're receiving there many times a false doctrine that assures them that they're saved just because they said, I would accept Jesus. It doesn't matter if you accept Jesus. It matters if Jesus accepts you. You must shake yourself. You must come awake. And some of you, I plead with you, you have the resources to put on the radio a proclamation of godly holiness. Would you sacrifice to do that? Would you sacrifice to put a gospel of righteousness and holiness confronting this city with its sin? 
Let me share this story with you. Then man's name was John G. G O V A N. Govan. He was Scottish. Some of the villagers were eagerly awaiting the arrival of the young preacher from nearby Glasgow who was coming to hold a series of gospel services. There was a Scottish gentleman. He looked out the window and he watched and he exclaimed to his wife with evident disappointment in his voice, why, he's only a boy. If this is an evangelist, I'm afraid there will be nothing done here. But the following days proved how mistaken he was, for God was with this boy. And it's interesting to learn how he became a mighty power for God. And that's the story I want to share with you today. And I share this story with you because I want you to become a mighty power for Almighty God. John Govan, who later became the founder of the Faith Mission, which I'll tell you about in a minute, was born... January 19, 1861, into a family of six girls and six boys. John's father, William Govan, was a Glasgow businessman and a member of the city council. And during the fierce persecution of the Covenanters two centuries earlier, one of his ancestors had sealed his testimony with his own blood. John's mother, Margaret Arthur, was the English-born daughter of a congregational minister. This was the rich inheritance that was passed on to, to John. He says, I was converted when quite young through an address my father gave on a Sunday evening. That address made a great impression on me as a boy of twelve and I gave my heart to Jesus and trusted him to forgive me my sins. But there was not so much of Christ about my life, and I do not think I testified to my conversion till several years later. After I left school, there was a real heart backsliding, never right into sin, but just to the level of my worldly companions, always feeling at the same time that I was converted that I trusted Jesus as my Savior and would go to heaven when I died. And I began to keep a diary when I first entered business at the age of 19. I noticed that it chiefly talked about references to games and business affairs and political interests. Now, I was a Sunday school teacher and a monitor in a boys' meeting, but this was more a matter of duty than of interest. The chief talk among us was football. This was the condition of a heart before the Lord began to wake me up. He set me to Christian work, but at first there was no joy in it for me. And many of you listening to this broadcast are in that condition right now. You've never been truly awakened by Jesus. No nights of prayer, no passion and tears for Jesus. All you want to talk about is football or baseball or television or some other foolish thing. Not about Jesus. At this time, many powerful influences entered into my life. 
The whole family faithfully attended the services conducted by the evangelist Moody. We were greatly blessed. My father was closely associated with them in the work in Glasgow. I attended about 40 of the meetings. The meetings greatly stirred me, and for the first time I began to speak to people about their souls and to feel my need of spiritual blessing. Now please, I'm going to stop for a minute. You understand, this is why we need to be on FM. This is why we need to be free to proclaim to people the honest, true gospel, because until they hear it, they will not be stirred. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And if there's no one preaching this to them, if there's no one confronting you with your sin, how will you be awakened? You desperately need to hear a message that strikes your heart, that calls you to Jesus. And if you're not hearing that, you will not be stirred. Continuing the story, his father's death about that time made a profound impression upon him. For in his father's farewell message to the family, he stressed that John was to be a witness and bear testimony for Jesus Christ. And when the Salvation Army invaded Scotland, one of the lady workers stayed with John's brother who lived next door to him. The fragrance of her life greatly influenced the whole family of Govans. And it's not difficult to trace at this time the hand of the divine planner in preparing more than one of this family to serve in the great harvest field of the world. Under the preaching of Catherine Booth and others, his brother, his older brother, came into a deep conviction and experience with God. There was a quality of spiritual life that first puzzled the younger lad, John. He wrote, He had a joyful religion which I did not understand. In the morning I could hear him singing in his bedroom, and I, I considered this absurd. Then I did not like people saying, Hallelujah! and I tried to avoid coming into too close contact with such persons. I did not mind earthly happiness, but, but religious happiness. I didn't approve of that. And one day some person did something very unkind to this brother of mine, something that I would have considered aggravating, and I said down in my heart, now we'll see him lose his temper. But he did not, and I could not understand it. If anything like that had happened to me, I should have been sure to lose my temper. But this brother, Jamie, had a radiance and a power about him, both appealing and challenging. He would speak about cases of spiritual blessing as he and John walked the five miles to the Salvation Hall, which he had opened to reach many local factory workers and their families with the gospel. Other lords beside thee, the older brother would quote, have had dominion over us. And as he spoke, the words pierced the heart of the younger man who knew only too well the dominion of those other lords. Worldly ambition, pride, fear of man, and many more. 
In later years, John recalled, I do praise God for the testimony to holiness in lives lived before me in those days. I began to long for a better experience, and the Lord began to prepare me. I have found that sanctification is nearly always gradual in preparation and then instantaneous in reception. I feel that in my life at that time it was step by step. It is no use trying to force people into a spiritual experience. If you drag them into the Jordan and tow them across, they will be half drowned before they get there, and it will not be long before they're back on the other side again. What I'm praying, my brother and my sister, as I do this broadcast, is that it's awakening in you a hunger for much deeper life in Jesus that it's awakening you the awareness that you can have a pure heart before God, that you can have victory over every sin, that you can be set free, that you can live a joyous life of service in Jesus Christ, that you can be entirely sanctified and made righteous, that you don't have to live in this in this place of sinning and repenting and sinning and repenting. You can gain the entire victory. He continues, I went to the meetings for the deepening of spiritual life, and sometimes I would be stirred up and say, well, now I will lead a consecrated life. I will do better tomorrow. I won't get separated from God tomorrow. I will not allow business to come between me and my God. But when the morrow came, I was back where I was before and felt kind of a disgust with Christian work and included and concluded not to work for Christ any more. I did once or twice give my life fully to the Lord, but then the blessing seemed to pass away, only abiding perhaps while the meetings were going on for a week or two. How was it that this blessing I sighed for at these meetings did not last? I will tell you. I did not trust in the power of God to cleanse my heart and keep me right. I looked to myself and not to the Almighty Savior. Still by various stages I approached to the experience I was longing for. See, this is what I was saying earlier, that this brother who called me out of the prayer meeting last night came to the recognition that he owed only a separation from his sins and that a separation can be renegotiated. You can go back and you can make peace once more with your sin. It is only the power of God that can deliver you and set you free. You must have a divorce from your sins. The judge must, must give you a right of divorce, a writ of divorce, that you could be totally free you cannot free yourself from your sin. My brother, my sister, you cannot create in your own heart righteousness. This is something that comes as a free gift from Jesus. You can have it, but you must prepare for it by repentance, by hating your sin, by trusting Jesus to bring about the full work of sanctification in your heart. Now, 
Back to the story, testimonies from friends who had attended the newly opened Keswick Convention in 1884 deepened in John's heart a conviction of inner uncleanness and impotence. The testimony of E.W. Moore to having received a clean heart impressed him. Only John's own words can do justice to the glorious outcome of the fierce struggle within. I want to stop for a moment. My brother, my sister, be honest with me. Can you bear witness today that you have a clean and pure heart, that you have been utterly divorced from your sin? I bear witness today that Jesus has given me that pure, clean heart, that I am divorced from my sin, and that I have the victory in the mighty power of Jesus Christ. Can you say that also? Now, I am absolutely aware, and I was weeping this morning before the Lord, saying, Lord, I'm the least of your people. I have no strength of my own. I am totally dependent upon you to come and move in this radio congregation. You, you, Jesus, alone can convict their hearts and cause them to long for you. You alone can come, Jesus. It's not me who can do it, Jesus. I can't grab them and drag them across the Jordan River to Jesus. This is a work you must do in them, Jesus. And I'm trusting that Jesus is doing that very work in you right now. Lord Jesus, I come confessing before you my utter weakness, my inability, my lack. Lord, I am totally dependent upon you for righteousness. I'm totally dependent upon you for the complete divorce from all sin. Lord, I am depending upon you to make the men and women listening to this broadcast righteous. I'm depending upon you to bring great conviction to their hearts, to awaken them to their soul's danger, to wake them up, for the hour of the bridegroom has come. Jesus, you're coming now in glory. And these precious men and women are going to die in their sin if you do not come and deliver them. Oh, Lord, come, awaken. Awaken in the name of Jesus, this city. Call forth men and women who will sacrifice to lift up the gospel of Jesus. Lord, awaken men and women who will say, we must proclaim the gospel in this city. Lord, have your way. Come, Jesus. I have no power. I have no money. I have no ability. Jesus, it's all in your hands. The work of the gospel is in your hands. Let me, Lord, be thy servant, doing and speaking what you give to me. But, oh God, I know it's all in the hands of your Son, Jesus. Please, Jesus, send forth the Lord of the harvest over this city right now. I plead this in your name and by your blood, Jesus. 
break the bondage of the devil over the hearts of every listener right now. Lord, cause great conviction to rise up. Cause them to say, I must have Jesus. There's something new that must happen in my soul. Lord, thank you. I trust you to do this work as I'm speaking this message today. Awaken your people, Jesus. Awaken, awaken your people, Jesus. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I praise and worship you. You are mighty. You are mighty. I praise you, Jesus. Let me read now John's own words. I remember the meeting where God said to me, Here is the blessing for you. But I did not yield. The next day I was miserable. At night I went to the meeting at Salvation Hall. I went late and sat far back. I used to go to the front, but when people are in a miserable state, they like to get to the back of a meeting. Two friends got up and testified that they had received a clean heart. They had been at the meeting of the previous night and said something to me. Now you must have the same experience. You could have had it if you just trusted. They came to the end of the meeting, and my brother called upon me to pray. I felt I had to decide there and then. Either I must refuse to pray, or I must trust the Lord to give me the blessing of a clean heart as I prayed. It happened almost in an instant. Praise the Lord, he brought me. He brought me to choose the clean heart. And I went down on my knees and I prayed, yielding my all to God and trusting him to cleanse me there and then. I came out from that meeting and I said to a friend, I have a clean heart. I trusted the Lord, and I know he has done it, though I don't feel any different. When I got home that night and went down before the Lord, then I knew the difference. The glory of God flooded my soul, and it's been different ever since. What a different experience it has been. Why, it was just a new life. From that day forward, the Bible opened up to me. I enjoyed it. I saw holiness in it, through it, through and through. Verse after verse spoke to my heart. I felt the truth of them, and I felt that God had brought me to know something of that truth. Hymns that I'd never noticed before had a new light on them. These other lords were all overthrown, and now I was altogether Christ's, and he was king of my heart and king of my life. Oh, do not think that that chief blessing of a clean heart, that chief blessing is that it is a heart 
in which Christ comes to reign. It is Christ himself who is the chief blessing of a clean heart. Have you received a clean heart? Or are you still playing with the lords of the devil? Are you still playing with your entertainment? Are you still playing with that pornography? Are you still playing with bitter, angry feelings? Are you still playing with your ambition? Your desire to be rich? Your desire to be somebody? Or have you laid it all down and allowed Jesus to come in and rule? My brother, my sister, Jesus is calling you right now. Will you yield yourself to Jesus right now? Will you say, Yes, Jesus? Yes, Jesus. I want that writ of divorce from my sin and from myself, and I will belong to you, body, soul, and spirit, and I will serve you in all that I do, all that you assign to me. I will serve you, Jesus, and only you. Will you do that, my brother? Will you yield right now to Jesus? Will you leave behind your casualness, your hard-heartedness? Will you leave behind the bitterness of your heart? Will you seek after Jesus? Is this gospel message that I'm sharing with you today is it setting your heart aflame is it awakening a hope in your heart that you could have much more with Jesus because you can I've only begun to scratch what Jesus has for me I trust him I love him with all my heart I have divorced in the name of Jesus and by the power of the blood. The writ of divorce belongs now to me. I am a free man to serve and to be wed with Jesus Christ. Are you also in that place? If not, are you going to do what's necessary to prepare your heart? Or are you going to go back and make peace with your sin? Are you going to be reconciled to your sin? I have a note on my on my desk it says do you love your sin do you want to continue in it no absolutely no I will have Jesus and only Jesus will you have only Jesus today or are you going to continue in your lackadaisical, laid-back, a Christian but not really, winning no one to Jesus, not bearing testimony, keeping your mouth shut? When was the last time you shared the gospel of Jesus with someone and they wept 
and you knelt with them and they received Jesus as Christ and repented of their sins. When was the last time you did that? Have you ever done that? If you haven't, you're not producing any fruit for the gospel and evidently sin has made you powerless, cold-hearted, no passion, no fire for Jesus. My brother, my sister, you can't walk that way and enter heaven. The story continues. John Govan paid a price for this gift. As he testified to a clean heart, people did not like it. In fact, it was a, a cost to him. Some of his friends who thought he was taking things too far. At one time he confessed, God has been taking me to pieces bit by bit. Yet what a change he now discovered and transpired. This transformation affected every area of his life, both inwardly and outwardly. New desires, new victory, new zeal, new faithfulness immediately followed. If you want to follow Jesus, I'm going to give you truth in advertising. If you allow Jesus, he will begin to take your life apart bit by bit. He will strip your life out. And he will bring you to a place where you say, I must have Jesus and only Jesus. And then he will come and make his abiding place in you. And you will become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, people are not going to like my saying that. Many of you are offended by my saying that he has given to me a pure and clean heart. You say, that's impossible. We always are going to sin until we die. That's a Gnostic, pagan belief. It is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And many of you are more Gnostic than you are Christian. You think you are Christian because you have that sentimental thing that says, oh yes, I'll accept Jesus. And you have many other things in your life that you accept right along with Jesus. That's a Gnostic belief. It's a pagan belief. The Gnostics believe that a man was declared righteous. The book of 1 John was written particularly to oppose Gnosticism in the New Testament church. It was that lie that they said, you are like gold and you can be dipped in the sewer, you can be utterly unclean on the outside, but inside you're gold, you're righteous. What a lie. If you're dipped in the sewer, you are full of sin and you are not eligible for heaven. You must be cleaned inside and out. You must be washed in the blood of Jesus, in the water. You must be washed, scrubbed, cleaned. Your life must be taken apart and reassembled as a new life, as a new creature in Christ Jesus. And there are preparatory steps. The sanctification is instantaneous. 
It is a work of the Spirit. But there must be an awakening that goes on in your soul, and that awakening only comes as you listen to broadcasts like this, as you listen to men and women teach you about how to walk holy with God and confront you with your sin. So now you have a choice. You either have to turn this off or you have to listen and say, wait a minute, the preacher's right. I am loving my sin and I have made peace with my sin. And then I get a separation agreement and I go right back to it. No, you need the power of God to sweep into your life and totally transform you. There's much more I'd like to share with you. I want to read this one portion and then I'm going to open the phone lines. I'm willing to pray with you today for an awakening in your heart and for entire sanctification. Call quickly, 877-534-0780 and I will pray with you. Or come to the National Prayer Chapel. Come and worship with us and listen to the preaching and be awakened and be changed most places you go you can listen forever and you'll never be changed because Jesus is not lifted up as the as the the remedy for your condition of sin you're comforted in your sin the national prayer chapel meets at all saints anglican church on sunday at 12 noon let me give you the address if you want to be awakened and you want to walk with a people who are searching after and who are receiving pure hearts and clean hearts and entire sanctification, then come. If you're not, don't come. This is not an entertainment place. This is a, this is a boot camp for holiness. Not legalism. This is all the work of the Spirit. It's not by my flesh. It's not by my might. It's by the power of the Spirit of God through the blood of Jesus. If you're serious and you're awakening, then come. The address is 14851 Gideon Drive. 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia. We're just off I-95. The zip code is 22192. If you're being awakened today, and by the prior broadcasts, and now it's time to get serious with Jesus, please come. This is not for the double-minded who want their sin or who love their world. This is for people who are serious about Jesus and know they have to make a change. Come. All Saints Anglican Church. The address is 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22192. Go around to the back side of the All Saints Anglican Church and you'll see a sign, a 
large sign that says lower lobby come in those double glass doors ground level and the worship center is immediately on the left if you want this experience with Jesus then come you're not going to get it in most worldly churches in none of the worldly churches you will find Jesus if you come our phone number in studio is 877-534-0780 now I also want to invite you to continue giving that this broadcast could remain on the air and some of you have the financial resources to give small or large amounts that we will begin to save toward FM radio. It is very expensive. It's $106,000 for one year of FM radio. There are some of you listening who could give $50,000 or who could give the entire amount. It depends on what the Spirit of God is doing in your heart and how urgent it is. Some of you can give a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand. Some of you can only give ten dollars. Mark your offering, FM radio, and it will be saved for FM radio. But we also need to continue this broadcast. And so I ask, please, as the offering plate comes by you today, send your offering, your tithes, for the proclamation of this gospel. God's people have always supported his work with free will, tithes, and offerings. We're not going to sell you anything. We're not going to give you anything except Jesus. He's enough. I'm not going to appeal to your selfish nature, thinking you're getting something. No, it's Jesus, and it's you dying and being born from above. It is you getting serious about Jesus and getting a writ of divorce from your sin. Five months after this experience, good, Alex is on the line. Alex, welcome. What would you like to share? Hello, welcome, Alex. What would you like to share? Mr. Producer, I'm not hearing anything. Is she on the line? Or is he on the line? Hello? We're standing by while our producer tries to get these phone systems to work. They're all new. Wave have moved to a new location, and we've had so many technical difficulties. But the radio station has, and the manager have been very gracious to us. Alex, can you hear me? No, Mr. Producer, we're not getting any sound. When you have it, come back to me. It was five months after this cleansing that Mr. Govan writes this, I yielded my heart to its rightful king. And he came in and dwells, and his kingdom, which is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit,
has since then been established within. I have claimed the promise, ye shall abide in him, and whoever abides in him sinneth not. I trusted him to take away all tendency, disposition, or response to sin, and I believe he has done it according to his promise. Hello, Alex, are you there? Yes, I yes, am. I am. Good. How can I pray for you, brother? Um, um, I'm like I'm, I'm getting, like I'm getting feedback, feedback, but um, but, um, you can pray for me, brother. Um, uh, I know I'm broke before the Lord, and um, but I'm still being harassed at times uh, by the enemy, and um, and I pray you just 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 be led and just pray over me. Lord, I pray now for Alex. And Lord, by his confession, I know that he still has not received that writ of divorce where every tendency is removed for sin and every sympathy with sin is removed. I know, Lord, by his confession that he still has some areas in his heart where he has the possibility of just a separation from sin. And I'm asking, Lord, that that would be brought before him and that he would be on his face pleading for the complete divorce, that you as the judge of all the earth would render a verdict on Alec's behalf that he is divorced from his sin, yes, yes. both inward and outward that he would be cleansed through and through by your blood. Lord, we do not want the experience of simply continually being reconciled or continually being harassed by our own inward inclination to go to sin. Lord, there must be a whole new experience in you, Jesus. And I'm asking for Alex that you would bring him into a place and with brothers and sisters where that heart preparation would be completed and he would turn with great joy and receive by faith the work that you desire to do in him in issuing him that writ of divorce. Lord, I know only you can do this. I know it's not by his strength or his power. I know it's by your power and your strength. So, Lord, I ask you now to come into his mind, into his heart, into his soul. Lord, I declare Jesus over Alex now. I declare the blood over Alex now. And I ask that this joyous experience of a pure heart would be granted to him with such explosive joy that he will not be able to contain it and he will utterly forget about himself and glory in you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, bring this to pass now in Alex's life. I pray in your holy name. Amen. God bless you, Alex. Thank you, my brother. I'll stand by faith and continue to pray for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate everything you do. Mighty man of God, I just will cling on to Jesus and believe by faith and accept the Lord with all my heart and just 
walk in what he has me to do. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, everything of Alex is given to you now, Jesus. Finish this work in his heart. Lord, Alex is going to expect it at every moment. If there's any block, Lord, show it to him. In the name of Jesus, amen. Bless you, my brother. Our phone number is 877-534-0780. I'm more than happy to take your call and pray for you as I have for Alex. I know there must come a great awakening in this city. And I know for this city to be awakened, some of you must be first awakened. And I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God will stir your heart and awaken you. This brother Govan, he says, I trusted him to take away all tendency, disposition, or response to sin, and I believed he had done it according to his promise. And since then, my life in Christ has been quite different. My producer speaking to me. What did you say? Five minutes. We have five minutes left in the broadcast. If, if you choose to be a part, please call quickly. I have time for one more person. 877-534-0780. I'll know when the Spirit of God begins to move in you because the lines will jam. Because your heart will say, Yes, I must have Jesus. Until that time, I'm going to continue proclaiming, rebuking, and calling for you to wake up. I know when you wake up, you'll be calling. And you'll either be testifying that you have a pure heart, or you'll be saying, Pastor, pray for me. I'm going to be cast into hell if I don't change. I must have that writ of divorce. I'm waiting. I'm praying. I'm weeping over you. It's time. John Govan said, Since then my life in Christ has been quite different from what it was before. There has been a sense of his continued presence that I had not known before, and his presence gives me a joy and a peace that I knew little of previously. Of course, there is always temptation from without, but there is victory because he is within. And although I know there is always a liberty to fail, to fall, since I know there is power in him to keep, and I am persuaded that neither death nor life shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you understand? The Lord of the harvest is able to keep you and to hold you in his hand. And you must have an entire dependence upon God or you'll make no advancement in this life with Jesus Christ. You must get more time to pray. You must start rising earlier that you can get the prayer time done before the business of the day. Prayer must be given more emphasis than activity. It must stand out clearly in your mind 
that the amount of time you give to prayer is what God will do. And the result will be. And prayer must become for you a great joy. You must delight in it. If prayer is hard for you, it's because you do not have the Spirit of God yet. It's because you do not have that pure heart yet. Now we're out of time for today. All I can say, my brother, my sisters, that I love you with all of my heart, and I earnestly desire that you would shake off the world, that you'd leave your pride behind, that you would begin to sacrifice yourself to find Jesus. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You'll find this podcast and this video posted tonight. Send it to friends. Awaken your family. Share it with others. Give it to your pastor. Burn a CD and give it to your pastor. Awaken his heart. Pray for him. Cry aloud for your pastors. It's time to wake up. You've been listening to Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'll talk to you soon. Of his glory.